This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. In the last five months, hospitals have been focusing on dealing with COVID-19 patients as well as keeping their staff away from the infections. Resources that would normally go to certain procedures were diverted to deal with the massive impact of the pandemic. And so we have seen numerous patients put off procedures not deemed critical. But the concern is that this delay will lead to longer and more serious hospital treatments and stays later on. So how can hospitals meet the needs of non-COVID patients while the pandemic continues to impact the country? Humi Song is Assistant Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions here at the Wharton School and was part of a recently published opinion piece in Harvard Business Review looking at this issue. Humi, great to have you with us today. Thanks very much for your time. Great to talk to you, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. So I guess let's dig right into the uh, to what you propose. One of the first things you discuss is looking at the potential bottleneck that many uh, may develop uh, in many emergency departments and how to try and alleviate it. That's right. So especially during the surge when uh, communities were seeing really high case counts of COVID-19, the first place to be overwhelmed was the emergency department and hospitals, meaning they're the bottleneck resource in the healthcare delivery system. So the question we need to think about is how do we relieve the, bot- uh, the bottleneck demand there? So what we propose first is let's first turn to the outpatient clinicians. Um, as you might remember during the surge in Philadelphia, lots of outpatient clinicians, they really cut back on how many in-person visits they're doing. So, you know, can we lean on them to proactively manage patients in the community, in their homes, via telemedicine yeah. instead. And of course, of course, there are going to be limits to what you can do with telemedicine. In many, in some cases, I mean, patients are still going to need to go to the emergency department. Still, are going to need to get hospitalized, even if they don't have COVID. Um, but what the outpatient clinician can really do to help is triage these patients. You know, patients who can effectively be managed at home, let's do that. For patients who really need acute care now, triage them to the emergency department, have them go now so you can avoid the more serious complications down the road. So then you talk in your piece about uh, being able to use telemedicine uh, even with high-risk patients, and I want you to discuss that also in the scope of you know, whether or not there is a concern uh, of doing somewhat or, you know, how much of a level uh, of staying in touch with high-risk patients using telehealth or telemedicine. Absolutely. Um, by all means, you know, if these were normal times, having only telehealth for high-risk patients, not the most ideal. Uh, but when the alternative is just very much limited in terms of how much in-person visits we can provide, you know, it's the it's the next best best option we've got, right? right? So, but there are many things we can do to think creatively, act creatively, to make it um, high value. So, one thing you can think about is having these patients uh, using technology to do some remote monitoring. So, things like blood pressure monitors, um, pulse oximeters. You can when the patient's condition demands that kind of remote monitoring on a regular basis, send these kits to those high-risk patients so you can have a sense of what their vitals look like, even if they're not going to come into the to the office, right? right. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is when you when we look at the claims data around the real the huge 
rise in telemedicine utilization um, in March, April, May, a lot of that seems to have actually come from patient-initiated visits, patients who are calling in because they're concerned about certain symptoms. Um, But what we would recommend, especially for really effectively managing high-risk patients, is instead for the provider to be evaluating their patient panels, identifying these high-risk patients, and then initiating these um, telemedicine visits on a regular basis as if you're doing kind of in-person encounters with these patients so that, you know, those are the people we really want to keep out of um, the hospital if possible and when appropriate. So let's um, be be doing more to really identify those those patients. And if it does make sense to have them come in for an in-person visit as your outpatient uh, clinic opens up again, then, you know, that's the time to evaluate, again, the pros and cons of having the high-risk patient travel in person to come see you versus the, you know, additional value of what they would get out of an in-person visit with you instead. You also talk about pooling non-COVID inpatient services uh, across a, a variety of different uh, different hospitals. Tell us uh, what you're thinking there. Sure, yeah. So here's the idea. Um, in normal times, many hospitals in the same region might all provide various specialty services. Think about, you know, different services for ca- cancer patients, transplant patients, stroke patients, et cetera. But what we saw happen with the surge, um, especially earlier in March on the East Coast, a lot of hospitals, as we were, as they were being overwhelmed with just the sheer number of COVID patients that were needing hospitalization, the hospitals started having to close down many of these specialty services just to be able to make room for um, COVID wards, um, since you need to keep these patients separate from the non-COVID patients. So while that's really helpful in generating capacity to take care of COVID patients, you know, what does this mean for the non-COVID patients who are also very sick, who need to be hospitalized, but don't have a a service to have take care of them anymore? So what we're proposing is what in operations management we call location pooling. So essentially in a given region, have one hospital take all the cancer patients, have another hospital take all the transplant patients. Um, So essentially consolidate across several locations the care for those specialty services. Right. One of the other things you talk about also is trying to place COVID patients with underlying conditions in with other COVID patients with similar conditions. Right. So if you think about um, the majority of hospitalized COVID patients, They've got other, several other serious underlying conditions typically. You know, sometimes it might be something they had previously, or it could also be something that developed as a result of the coronavirus infection. So when it comes to thinking about the medical management of these patients, um, according to my clinical co-authors, managing the the COVID aspect of their illness is relatively simple um, compared to the medical management of all the other things they might have going on. Um, and so if you think about, uh, you know, who can we, how can we best care for these patients? It's really going to be about leveraging the skills of the doctors and the nurses who are used to taking care of the patients with those specific complications, conditions. Um, and it's just going to be much easier to do that effectively and efficiently when those patients are co-located in the same ward. 
And your final point deals with post-acute care, and we got about a minute left, so if you can uh, summarize that uh, in that period of time. Sure, yeah. I mean, post-acute care, as we've seen over the past several months, is a hugely important part of the healthcare continuum that we need to keep in mind. Um, A lot of patients, COVID and non-COVID patients alike, typically, um, if they're not ready to be discharged home, are going to have to go to these facilities. But we also have to be really careful about um, spread within those uh, facilities to other residents, to staff, et cetera. So what we're proposing is that um, there be regional coordination, again, for these facilities as well, so that we can have dedicated facilities that are going to have patients um, with COVID versus without COVID. So we can keep them isolated from one another as much as possible. Um, Part of what's going to be really important for these are rapid tests, um, quick results at the point of discharge, et cetera. Hummy, thanks very much. Great uh, piece. And uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hummy Song, uh, Assistant Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions here at the Wharton School. As we mentioned, that piece uh, published recently in Harvard Business Review. You can go check it out there. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.